Stranger Things, the show's so nice, we gotta write a sermon about this season twice. Stranger Things, season four, part one. Well, actually the truth is, is that it'll be like 20 years before we get another season, so we're just gonna milk this one while it's here. Just kidding, but really. Part two dropped and it was pretty good. Some stereotypically weird choices from the Duffers, but the exploration of this world continues to be some of my favorite stuff. And one of my favorite characters that they've ever explored is the one and only Dr. Brenner. Dr. Brenner and Eleven have a fascinating relationship and it was one of the absolute clinching points of this season. And it ends up being a moment of real character evolution for Elle and who she continues to become. And uh, I'm not sure I like who she's becoming. So in this video, I wanna break down the big moment for Elle and Brenner and what it means for the future of the show and for what we can get out of it as human beings. Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and an okay ending to an absolutely excellent season of online television. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly you guys, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're gonna be starting this video with our scripture. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 22. I'm gonna be reading from the NRSVUE. That's my preferred translation, what's gonna be on the screen, but if you have one that you prefer, feel free to use that one instead. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you're listened to, you have regained that one. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Okay, let's start this one out with a big old spoiler warning. There's really not a way to talk about the events of this sermon without spoiling one of the most major plot points of this season. So you should all be somewhat familiar with Stranger Things after our video a few weeks ago, but I'll give a quick primer of the things related to this conversation. Throughout the seasons, we see this show get absolutely plagued with one tragedy after another, and all of them are seemingly centered around the same location, Dr. Brenner's research lab. While the big mystery of this show has always been, why is Brenner doing this? The question has finally, seemingly, been answered in this season. We discover throughout the seasons that Eleven is the 11th test subject at Brenner's research lab. Actually, can, can we just talk for a quick second about something that is so eerie to me? So the Duffer brothers are from Durham, North Carolina. I've lived in North Carolina my whole life. One of the staples of our states is Brenner's Children's Hospital. What did the Children's Hospital do to you, Duffers? This has bothered me since season one and I just had to finally get it off my chest, okay. Back to Eleven. Eleven is a test subject for a weird paramilitary experiment on telekinesis, multiversal connection, and the morphogenetic field capable of being explored by espers like Eleven. Yeah, they never actually use those words, but that's what's going on there, by the way, for anyone not totally aware of uh, Rupert Sheldrake's theories, but that's probably most people, to be fair. Anyway, the question plaguing the show has always been why Brenner is doing this. Is he a bad person? Is he military? Is he nationalistic? Is he sadistic? I mean, he's experimenting on children and has them call him Papa, so regardless of anything, he's at least a little creepy. The excuse has always been that Brenner is doing this research out of his compassion for these children. It just so happened that they coincide with the American government's obsession with keeping tabs on Russia during the Cold War era. But this season reveals the truth. Brenner 
was looking for someone. We meet the big bad of the entire show during this season, Vecna. Vecna is just a cute name from the Dungeons and Dragon worlds, as all of the Demogorgon and Demodogs have all been kind of iterations of Dungeons and Dragons, which I actually recently learned that Vecna was named after Gary Gygax's fascination with an author with the last name Vance, hence scramble them around, Vecna. Kind of cool. Vegna is actually one, as in the first lab experiment. And one is actually Henry Creel. Henry Creel is the origin of these morphogenetic powers as far as we know. Something happens along the way and Henry grows up and either starts working for Brenner or is enslaved by Brenner as an aide, the latter of which is more likely. Again, bad person. After befriending an impressionable Eleven, Henry gets the inhibition chip removed from his neck and gets access to his powers once more. He then goes on an absolute rampage, killing all of the other espers in the facility for some reason, I guess. Except, of course, for Eleven. When the ultra-powerful Eleven stumbles on Henry doing this, who she thought was her friend, she goes beast mode and traps Henry in the Upside Down with her powers, opening the first known rift to the Upside Down, which eventually leads, of course, to the events of season one. It all comes full circle. This reveals that the change in relationship to experimental discovery to intentional breaching into the Upside Down that we know Brenner for is because of Henry's disappearance. As far as we know, Brenner didn't even know the Upside Down was a thing before Henry got sent there. So it becomes clear to all of Eleven's efforts post-Rift opening, they were all an effort by Brenner to find Henry, maybe. Brenner still really remains to be a pretty huge mystery and is flawlessly portrayed by Matthew Modine, or should I say, was perfectly portrayed. This season finds Brenner back in the picture, seemingly helping Elle to regain her Esper powers. And help her, he does. But not long after that, the military shows up at the secret underground place with one goal in mind, kill Eleven. In an effort to protect Eleven, Brenner tries to flee the facility himself, literally carrying her out of the line of fire. Unfortunately, the military was prepared for this and had gunners stationed in a spot to take down Eleven if they tried to flee. Nevertheless, Brenner still tries to run and ends up becoming a body shield for Eleven, literally getting riddled with bullets. Eleven ends up taking down the gunners, getting rescued by Mike and the gang, but for Brenner, he's too injured to be saved at this point. This leads to one of the most important conversations in Stranger Things and the focus of our video here. Brenner, in his gasping, dying breath, boldly proclaims that he did all of this for Eleven, and he asks if she understands that and will forgive him. And in a painfully heartbreaking scene, she doesn't. Brenner passes from the world unforgiven. Whoa. Now, maybe you're the type that is glad to see Brenner being given the what for. We've seen him shock the tar out of Henry Creel. We've seen him experiment on literal children. Remember the whole Papa thing? Yeah, it would be hard to blame anyone for feeling like Brenner deserved this. But deserving punishment and deserving forgiveness are two radically different things. And unfortunately, Eleven makes the wrong call, or at least the wrong call according to Jesus. So with that, let's talk about our scripture for today. This passage actually comes from a whole chapter that is kicked off by a conversation between Jesus and the disciples about how to become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus first explains to the disciples that they must become like children. Then he explains in rather graphic detail that we should never cause another to stumble in their walk. And then he tells the story of the 99 sheep versus the one lost sheep and how vital it is that we ignore the 99 to go after the one who is lost. And then finally, he gets to our passage. So remember what Jesus has done so far. Humble yourself like a child. Humble yourself in other walks. Humble yourself. Go after the one. He continues with this line of humble reasoning. Whenever someone sins against you, do everything that you can over and over and over until the person hears what you're saying. And then 
when they do, forgive them. Why? Because truly, Jesus tells us, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What is Jesus talking about here? Is he saying that others should hear our reason or should they beg for our forgiveness? No, he's saying we should humble ourselves and seek out those who have hurt us to offer every possible opportunity for forgiveness. And why? For our own sake. Because we can't be bound up in grudges and hatefulness and regrets. If we are bound up in those things on earth, we'll be bound up in them in heaven. But if we let loose of them, they will be let loose in heaven. In the words of Sir Paul McCartney, live and let die. Get rid of that mess and be the better person for it. But they still don't get it. Peter, the rock of the church, the foundation we are built upon today, still has the nerve to ask, well, yeah, Lord, but like, if my brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive them? Like as many as seven times? That's so many times, Jesus. And Jesus' response is, yeah, Peter, not just seven times, but I'm telling you 77 times. Now this is Jesus' hyperbolic way of saying, never stop, never stopping. Don't you get it, dummy? I just said these regrets, grudges, and hatefulness are gonna weigh you down in heaven. This mess never goes away. Let it go. So what does this have to do with Eleven and Dr. Brenner? Well, when given the chance to forgive Brenner, Eleven chooses not to. And that's the biggest mistake she could have made. As we know from the rest of the season, Eleven loses to Vecna. It ends up leading to his plan succeeding, opening the rifts that will lead to the events of season five. Why? Why did the beefed up new superpower KO Ken unlocked Eleven lose to Vecna? Why did she go from kicking his hind end in one moment to getting wrecked in the next one? Because she's bound up by regret, hatefulness, and grudges. To the point that it takes Mike, the heart of the group Wheeler, to be able to talk her out of her own head long enough to stall Vecna until season five can be directed and produced. But she has trouble because she's holding on to the past. She had the chance to forgive Brenner. She passed it by and it literally cost lives. The question isn't, does Brenner deserve forgiveness? I think that's where we get caught up in our own personal lives. The real question is, does Eleven deserve to be free of that hate? And the unequivocal answer of Jesus is absolutely yes, yes, yes. 77 times we are worthy of being free of the chains and shackles of the hate and evil of this world. So maybe the Duffers did all this on purpose so that Eleven can do exactly what I'm suggesting in the next season. Or maybe it wasn't just convenient writing and they just wanted to let Brenner die without being forgiven. But make no mistake, if you're celebrating that scene, you're celebrating Eleven's suffering, not her liberation. With that in mind, what does this mean for us today? Friends, forgiveness is one of the hardest words we can wrestle with. And I hope you know that it isn't an easy thing. But Jesus' mandate to forgive everyone all the time isn't really about letting the other person off the hook. It's not really about forgiving and forgetting like a Hallmark card. Forgiveness is about humbling yourself first and foremost, but it's not just an effort of humbling to elevate the other person. It's humbling yourself to your own self so that you can possibly manage to let go of that which is binding you up for your own sake. You forgive others so that you might be free of that hate. The disciples asked Jesus, what might make us the greatest in heaven? Jesus tells them, 
It's the humble, childlike faith of one who is not tied down by hatred, bitterness, or anger of the world. There's nothing quite as difficult as this. And that's why Jesus gave us the perfect example on the cross as he exclaimed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is humility. That is a release of hatred on those that deserve it the most. So I'm not telling you to forgive today, but I am inviting you to start the journey. It may take one, it may take 77 tries, but I hope you'll take the first step towards letting go of that pain, that hate, that bitterness, and work towards something better for yourself because you're worth it. And we're here at Checkpoint to walk alongside you on that journey. So whether you're 11 with a scarred past, whether you're Will dealing with current identity issues or Dustin mourning a loss, know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on these nerdy deep dives each week. If you want more of Checkpoint Church, we are streaming every single Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We actually have this Wednesday back on the docket for a Game Together stream if you've been missing those. But we are active also 24-7 over on our Discord. I'm gonna link both of those down below in the description. And hey, quick question for you. What are your final thoughts on this season? If you had to give it a score, type your score down below in the comments. I give it an 8.5 overall, but part two itself was likely only like a 7.5 or so. Part one was so good, I want to elevate it on this big pedestal, but part two, it wasn't a letdown, it was still good, but it wasn't, I don't know, it just didn't have that same like, of the first half. Folks, with that, we're gonna end this video as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here on Twitch, Discord, and YouTube. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you matter. You are worthy. You are made of sacred stuff. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. Folks, with that, until the next time that I see you, I hope that you are well, whether I see you same time, same place for another Nerdy Sermon next week, or if I catch you on our Twitch or Discord, wherever it may be, I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, bye-bye! Little loop-de-loo, little loop-delay. Oh! <laughs> Right into the stand. I'm going swimming. I'm that could have been better. <laughs>